Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Pastor Chris continues our series on kingdom culture. He digs into our next core value, salvation bringing joyful identity. I'm excited to be talking about salvation and about the joy of salvation today. And we've been just entering this series called Kingdom Culture, Living the Values of Christ and His Kingdom. And Pastor Jaina opened it up last week with this first core value, which is simply God is good. That's a core value, that God is good. That core value is so foundational and fundamental to the Christian life and to following Jesus. This week's core value up there on the screen has a different title. I'm simply calling it the joy of salvation. I think they called it salvation creates joyful identity. And I want to talk a little bit. We're already referencing to it who we are because of what Jesus has done for us. And I want to talk about joy in salvation. And we're going to start just with a really simple verse. It's only the first half of Psalm 51, verse 12. And many of you will know this. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is a simple, simple prayer from Psalm 51. And it's the place we're going to start. And I think it's the place we're going to end as well. It's just asking God, Lord, would you restore to us the joy of your salvation? So we're going to explore a little bit what joy is, and we're also going to talk about salvation, what salvation truly is, and how joy flows from salvation. Cool. God loves you. He does. Some of us don't, still don't believe that, and you've been following him for so long, but he loves you. And some of you still don't love yourself because you, you don't believe that God loves you and that he created you how he made you for a reason and for a purpose. And that the little things about you that you don't like, he wants you to like. He loves the way you look. He loves the personality he instilled in you. He loves that you don't relate to other people the way everyone else does. He loves the things about you that are unique and different. I know this is for some people in here. God really loves you. He wants you to believe that. He really loves you. Give me again the joy that comes from your salvation. Would you close your eyes real quick? I can't quite leave this part. I just want to release that again, that God loves you. He didn't come for perfect people. And I just feel that today. Some of you don't believe it, and you're, you're even following him, but you don't fully believe he loves you. He loves you. He made you. He formed you with a purpose for a purpose. He woven, he weaved you together, created you, formed you, destined you for greatness. Some of you don't believe that you have a destiny. God says, I, he fashioned you for a purpose. There's a reason you're alive. And he wants to bring you into that reason and reveal that to you. So receive the love of God today that you could even love yourself. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Spill the Holy Spirit today, you guys. 
message of the gospel is so simple. It's rooted in God's love for us. Romans 14, 17. This is the kingdom of God that the scripture is talking about. The scripture, Romans 14, 17, tells us that the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink. So it's not a matter of just things that we do, things that we eat. It's not a matter of the old covenant and the temple. And it's actually the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when God made a way for you to enter his kingdom, he's saying he made a way for you to enter his righteousness, his peace, and his joy. This is powerful. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to read from 1 Peter Chapter 1, if you've got a Bible, just flip over to there. This will be on the screen as well, if you're not feeling ambitious. It's 1 Peter chapter 1. I just want to thank those of you who have left a Bible here for in the lost and found, because I end up preaching them from them on occasion. <laughs> so if I'm ever holding your Bible, you can come and take it from me after the message. <laughs> There's a purple one up there that I almost used. If you lost a purple Bible, it's back by the sound booth, by the printer as well. So, uh, the lost and found Bibles. I once was lost, now I'm found. Seems more often than not, it's the message translation too. So, I don't know what this says about people who read the message translation. They're losing the word of, I don't know. I'm joking. It's not the message. I'm just poking fun. I read the message too sometimes. I even read the Passion Translation sometimes, y'all. Some of you love that translation. It's powerful, super powerful. 1 Peter 1, looking at salvation, and I just want to talk briefly about salvation. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So just pause for a second. I think people sometimes fall into one of two categories. They believe salvation is either one day eternity in heaven, or there's even people who fall into this category that's salvation, oh, is just fullness of life here. Now, these are two extremes. I love this passage because it paints a picture of these two aspects of our salvation. Verse three, in God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This living hope is our current reality of salvation. God has given you new birth into this living hope that right now, we are already saved. We're experiencing salvation even before we pass into eternity. And verse four talks about the inheritance, this eternal element that we'll one day receive. God has also brought us or is, has given us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So this is beautiful, this picture of salvation. It's both now in this living hope through Jesus Christ and it's in this inheritance in the future. When Christ comes again and restores all things, the book of Revelation is fascinating. There's some powerful things towards the end of the book. 
um, that talk more about that time and that era as well. But salvation is both now and it is also eternal as an inheritance in heaven. Um, I'm going to keep reading here. Verse 5. Verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. This is the key verse, guys, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Such a profound and powerful statement. Though you and I have not seen Christ with our physical eyes, We love him. Even though we do not see him now, we believe in him. I believe in him. Who else believes in him? Come on. It also says, you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I can say I believe almost all the time. Can I say I am filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy just as much as I can say I believe? I believe God wants to equal our joy with our belief. And I believe, I'm using believe, I believe you believe. But if we truly believe, then our joy should be at that same level, inexpressible and glorious. There's another passage in the book of John, John 15. John 15, verse nine. Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. He's talking to his disciples. Remain in my love. Jesus says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is where we're supposed to live. Galatians gives us this beautiful picture, Galatians 5, of the power of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, we know, produces fruit. Fruit is a natural byproduct of an environment, okay? Fruit is a natural byproduct of an environment being planted in proper soil. So when your life is planted in the Holy Spirit and you're abiding in him, just like Jesus says, abide in me, apart from me you can do nothing. When you are connected to Jesus the vine and you're a branch that's been grafted into him, that life of the Holy Spirit flows into you and produces these fruits. We know those fruits, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, joy of our salvation. Joy and the fruits of the Spirit are not things, you guys, that we can muster up. They're not. And this should make you feel free. So if you're not feeling joy, you've got to just recognize, I can't produce it on my own. The simplicity of how this works that salvation brings us into joy is so simple. When you first met Jesus and you were so close with him, you were naturally in a place where the fruits of the Spirit were alive in your heart and your life. It seems sometimes as we walk through life, maybe we lose focus, we lift our eyes off of Jesus, we start to become distracted by things of the world. What happens? It's not that you didn't stop producing fruit. It's that maybe you just lifted yourself from that place of the Spirit and fruit was no longer growing. 
So receiving joy through salvation and what Jesus has done for us is so simple. It's returning to simple relationship with God, enjoying the Holy Spirit's presence, finding places of worship and of prayer, of allowing the word to get inside of you. This passage in John 15 is so challenging, you guys. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my father is a gardener. Could we throw this up there? This is John 15, starting verse one. Catch what Jesus says. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing." Verse six, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. This is a key in verse seven, you guys, for remaining in Jesus. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. Remaining in Jesus also means that his word is remaining in us. So creating these spaces and these places where we give the Lord space and time to speak into our hearts through prayer and through the word and through worship is so important. And Jesus goes on to say, your joy will overflow. What is joy other than a three-letter word? What is joy? Say it. I love it. Look, if you ever Google, we did this, Paige and I Googled, um, basically searched and just heard all these different answers for what is joy, like what joy is. You got pastors saying just completely different things of what joy is, like I'm not going to even go into it. But you got all these different definitions of joy. It's, it can be hard to comprehend, can it? What, when you see someone or you say like, oh, that person's so joyful, what is it about them that causes you to say that? I'm just curious. Their affect. Yeah, what else? Love. Oh, the root of it all. Their appearance of happiness. Cool, they're overflowing. I love this. Say that again. The light they bring. This is so cool. Uh, And this is so interesting, you guys. We have to realize, when we're talking about fruits of the Spirit, They go deeper than just personality and appearance. This is what's so interesting. Because you and I both know we can try to act joyful, right? But the fruit of the Spirit goes so much deeper than an act and then an appearance. There's a depth to God's joy. I've heard some people argue that, like, joy is like, well, it's not happiness, so it's just like an internal peace and contentment. And I'm like, that would be peace and contentment. So I don't think that's quite right. Or like, you know, you have someone say like, well, I do have joy. I just don't really show it. (laughs) I don't really know if that's full, you know, overflowing joy then either. Maybe there's some joy deep inside. 
But I'm like, God, I really think this even goes back to how we perceive Jesus. If I say, picture Jesus in your mind, for how many of you was he smiling? Isn't this interesting? I mean, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Jesus is so many things. Jesus faced so many things. He experienced so many more emotions that were much more broad than just joy. But I reference this verse all the time, and I think I will to the day I die and then live again, is, and I'll still be referencing it, is Psalm 45, 7, that says, you love righteousness and you hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, anointed you, Jesus, with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy above all your companions. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy above everyone else. Does that challenge the way that you perceive Jesus? Who he was, how he walked, what his countenance was? When Mark was referencing just that, or that kind of affect and that appearance of joy and shining. Why would people want to follow an angry teacher, an angry rabbi? I don't think Jesus maybe was as stoic or uptight as we thought he was sometimes. So I'm just saying this to kind of challenge our perspective and maybe cause us to realize maybe where in your life have you actually become too stoic, too religious, too focused on um, the churchy things of your faith versus love, loving God, Loving people, enjoying God's presence, living holy and rightly, the day-to-day simplicities of following annoying Jesus, those need to become the priority and focus more than how well you and I can do church, right? Oh, God is good. God is so good all the time. Man, I'm not even going to try to say or define what joy is because it's just, it's bigger than me right now. I can't quite wrap my mind around it, so I'll let you try to figure that out. But are you catching something from the Holy Spirit this morning? I hope you are in being stirred and being filled and being fueled and hopefully having a desire put inside of you to just be more like Jesus, to really follow his way more than just an appearance, more than just being good church people and having morals, but like, Jesus, what is your way? I want to be transformed into the image of Jesus. If he was anointed with the oil of joy more than anyone else, then his church needs to be too. really does. I don't totally know how this looks, you guys, or, or how this is going to affect your life, but it should affect your life. I want it to affect mine. So I just pray that your heart's prayer leaving today would be, God, restore to me the joy of salvation, the joy of your salvation. Let me walk and begin to understand and experience that, maybe in a way I never have before. It's real. We quote this all the time too. Jesus, he said, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. You realize what that really means? It's like sometimes we put heavier stipulations and things on ourselves than he does. 
We focus on so many external things of doing the right thing and not doing the wrong thing. And Jesus just says, like, come into my yoke. I'm here. Come on in with me. I'm going to carry most of the weight, but I'm going to teach you and direct you and show you as you walk. There's a simplicity to following Jesus and getting to know him um, that I think is so much simpler than sometimes we've made it, uh, even in the church. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. He wants to restore our joy to us. He wants you to be filled with strength and with purpose more than you ever have before. And I love it. It all is because of Jesus and what he's done for us. Why don't you just quietly stand up? I think we are going to close. I have so many more notes, and actually all my slides that I created and was going to use, we didn't even touch them, and that's okay. I have so many scriptures in here that we didn't even get to touch on. I'm going to read these to you. Uh, Maybe even just close your eyes, do what you need to do to focus. I'm going to read these seven things that salvation is. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are seven really cool elements of our salvation. Number one, salvation is adoption into God's royal family. I have scripture references galore for all of these too, you guys. I'm not going to read all the scriptures right now, but these are rooted in the scripture. Salvation is adoption into God's royal family. Your salvation has actually brought you into the family of God. Number two, salvation is forgiveness from all sin and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Love that. God has forgiven you of all shortcoming because of what Jesus has done. Number three, salvation is the removal of shame and condemnation by God's grace. This is what Jesus has brought us into. Four, salvation is freedom from the enemy's power of sin, sickness, lies, and torment. And it is access to righteousness, healing, truth, and joy. Five, salvation is the receiving of your God-given authority and access to the kingdom's resources for the glory of God and for the sake of the world. Salvation has actually not just saved you from sin and left you in this world. It's actually brought you into the kingdom of God that you can access and live life from the kingdom of God with God's resources flowing into you and through you, into the world. Salvation is the ability to desire to use our freedom to love God. Oh, this is powerful. Salvation gives you inability to desire to use your freedom to love God. And then salvation finally is eternal life even after death. Jesus, we just thank you for salvation. We thank you for coming and showing us the way. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And we thank you for making a way for us to be restored to relationship with our Heavenly Father. We thank you for inviting us into the kingdom of God. That your kingdom, Lord, has a culture, it has a way. And Lord, you've invited us into that, into learning it, into growing in it, into 
bringing your kingdom to the earth, Father, in response to even your prayer, Jesus, that on earth it would be as it is in heaven. So Lord God, make us people rooted in our salvation, rooted in our identity, choosing you, God, that the fruits of the Spirit would begin to grow in our lives in deeper and more measurable and prominent ways, Father. God, we're specifically asking today, Lord, I'm specifically asking, Father, even now as we just are taking a moment to connect with you, that in doing so, Lord, your Holy Spirit would begin to flow through each person in this room, Lord, and that joy, the fruit of joy, would begin to grow on their branches, Lord, even in this moment, Father. Why don't you just ask him, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation, even right now. And I'm believing this, you guys, even more than just a statement or a nice Christian phrase, that the spiritual fruit of joy is going to begin to grow as you ask the Father that. So ask him again, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and just receive from the Holy Spirit here for a few minutes and just let the Lord minister to your heart. As he speaks to you, maybe you just have a place of repentance before him. As he speaks to you, maybe you just begin to experience his joy even right now, overflowing in you. Holy Spirit, we just yield to you, Father, and say, flow into us. Let us be connected to you, Jesus, the vine, and restore joy, Lord. Let it grow, Father. I pray there would be like a spiritual greenhouse in here right now, Lord, just for these next few moments, God, that the fruits of your spirit would begin to come to life, Lord God. Would begin to come to life, Jesus. I pray that we would become so um, overjoyed by experiencing and recognizing the fruit, your fruit in our lives, God, that we would never want to live another way, Lord. Take us deeper, God. Take us deeper, Lord. Take us deeper, Lord. Release joy, Lord Jesus, in this house, God. Just keep receiving from the Lord. I just want to invite anyone as well. If, you, if you're in this room and you have not, maybe you don't know Jesus or you don't know much about him, you've never chosen to give your life to following his way. He did some amazing things for you and he's got fullness of life for you. You can begin experiencing today. So if you're in this place and you want to know Jesus or give your life to him today, just lift a hand up. I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward, but I just want to know who you are and pray over you. Awesome. Praise God. He's going to meet you right where you are. Father, I thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friend here. God, I pray a blessing upon his life, Lord God. I thank you for anyone in this room, Lord Jesus, who's desiring just to surrender their heart and their life to you, Lord. I pray that you would meet them right now, Jesus. You hear their hearts cry. You hear their hearts cry just in your heart if that's you and maybe even just voice this out loud just say Jesus come into my life wash me clean you alone are good forgive me and cleanse me from all sin and unrighteousness and lead me in your way I commit to following you Jesus thank you Lord God it's the beginning of a journey you guys of a life lived really well thank you Father God Bless you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. 
For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.